Brian is about to read to us a passage of scripture from the Gospel of Matthew that we often turn to during the season of Lent as we're focusing on Jesus' story. So let's hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew. Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so the devil might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, It's written, People won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. After that, the devil brought him into the holy city and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus replied, Again, it's written, Don't test the Lord your God. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. Jesus responded, Go away, Satan, because it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil left him, and the angels came to take care of him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. God, that scripture passage is a little bit heavy, and we pray that you'd offer us wisdom as we encounter this age-old story, and as we find meaning in it for our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Fasting is a practice that helps us make room for the holy. Literally, it's an intentional practice of taking a break from something fasting is. And it doesn't have to be food, even though food is often our first go-to in our thought process. Anything that you give up on a consistent basis that creates space for us to listen to God and receive the Holy Spirit is something worth fasting from. So Jesus, in this passage of scripture, has mostly flown under the radar for his life at this point. This is at the very beginning when we first have recordings of him living a public life. There's not much recorded in the Gospels up until this point. We've got a couple accounts of his birth, a few details after that, but most of his life was intentionally private, 30 years of living quietly. In three of the four Gospels, the first thing that Jesus does publicly as an adult is he gets baptized and he's claimed by God. And then the next thing that happens is he goes out into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and pray, and he receives temptation. Knowing that this is at the beginning of his ministry, fasting is that thing that prepares him for all that's coming next. And we all know the story of Jesus. We know there is a lot coming next for Jesus, and this is the way he prepares to enter into what is coming. So Jesus took intentionally more than a month to get away from all of the things that normally would happen in his life, 
more than a month. Can you imagine taking that amount of time away from your regularly scheduled daily life? And of course, we think of fasting as food first, and Jesus did fast from food for those 40 days, which was quite a physical feat. But he also was fasting from other things as well. They're not labeled explicitly in scripture, but Jesus was a people person. He's always surrounded by people in the Gospels. He's always bringing people along with him. Once he calls the disciples, they're by his side constantly. He's always going into villages, and he's talking, and he's chatting, and he's, he's very rarely alone. This was a fast, these 40 days, from companionship. He's by himself in the desert. He's also fasting from all those things that he normally will be doing in his ministry that perhaps he did quietly, privately, under the radar even before that. Teaching people, healing people. He's, he goes on to cast out demons and offer sermons and offer wisdom and start to defy expectations. Well, he's not doing any of that for these 40 days. He's not doing any of the things that he normally would do. All that he has to do is focus on God commune with the spiritual, have that connection with the holy for 40 days, which, not by coincidence, is the same amount of time that we as modern Christians set aside to celebrate the season of Lent, that time between Ash Wednesday and then Easter, or the celebration of Jesus' resurrection. Some scholars think Jesus went out to the wilderness for 40 days because Moses, 40 fasted for 40 days before Jesus did. And actually, Moses fasted twice for 40 days. So quite the guy, Moses. But also, the Israelites then later wandered in the desert for 40 days. There's a lot of history to this number of 40. But it's a good, time, it's a good thing that Jesus has the amount of time that he has because he needs it. He needs that time away from everything, fasting, taking a break, so that he has a foundation to help him face the things that he encounters next, one of them being the devil, which, you know what, we don't talk a lot about the devil here at Clarkston United Methodist Church. It's not something that we are preaching about on a weekly basis, but it's in this passage. Jesus encounters a temptation, and the devil offers him food and offers him power and offers him the temptation of putting God to the test, and all these things come before Jesus, and he's able to say no. Because for 40 days, he's practiced saying no on a smaller scale on his own terms to himself as he practiced fasting, as he practiced this taking a break from what is normal. And I think it is that fasting, that consistent saying no, stepping away from what's normal, that allowed Jesus to endure this difficult encounter. It's like he was in spiritual spring training and He's fit. He's ready to go. When he has this encounter with the devil, Jesus just says, you know what? I don't need what you have to offer. He's had this spiritual experience. He's had this readiness in his heart and in his soul. So fasting. When I was in seminary, I learned that John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist tradition, was a large believer in fasting. He fasted frequently throughout his whole life, as many Christians have before him. And for Wesley, he fasted twice a week, every Wednesday and every Friday. And the way he did it was a little bit extreme. Some, te- some people will fast from food and they'll give up a single meal, uh, maybe breakfast. Well, John Wesley, he did that, but he started on Thursday night. So sundown Thursday, 
he would stop eating, and he would refrain from food until Friday at 3 o'clock. So this is almost 24 hours without food, depending on the time of year that you're in. And it turns out, as I studied this in seminary, there are a lot of compelling reasons for why you might choose to fast temporarily from food. You have a connection to the holy that certain people talk about that can't be received in any other way. There's peace and hope and contrition and just dedication that comes from this intentional practice of self-denial. Also, you have time that's freed up from when you would cook or clean or those kinds of things, and so you can pray and you focus on God. There are also maybe some uh, short-term health benefits from intermittent fasting. It's not a way to lose weight, but um, doctors say there could be some minor health benefits there. So I learned all these things in seminary, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. I am going to do a John Wesley-style fast, because that's what you do in seminary. You try things like this. And so for over a year in seminary, I fasted every Thursday night from sundown, starting after supper, until about 3 o'clock on Fridays. And I have to tell you, for over a year in seminary, every Thursday night starting after supper until about 3 o'clock on Friday, I was a cranky, hangry, mean person to be around until I got my snack. It turns out I do not fast very well from food. I, I just don't. I get upset, I get irritable, my blood sugar plummets, and I need some goldfish crackers or some M&Ms or something. And I felt a little bit shallow admitting that because I kept wanting to fast like John Wesley fasted. And I thought, I should be able to be good at this. I'm called to be a pastor. I have all these other things that I do that relate to my spiritual life. This can't be that difficult, can it? turns out it was. Fasting from food is an ancient ritual. Many people have practiced it over millennia. It's a practice of self-denial that reveals the holy and in an ideal situation helps us grow closer to God. And I wanted that kind of spiritual experience. I wanted to fast like Moses and like Elijah and like Jesus and like John Wesley. I thought, if they can do it, maybe I can follow in their footsteps. But something I've learned is that not everybody fasts in the same way. And that's okay. Even John Wesley, who preached an entire sermon on the virtues of fasting from food, said, you know what, if you find that fasting increases your anger and your bitterness, and you feel like fasting doesn't work for you, you probably aren't doing it right. Keep fasting, but you need to change how you live out the practice. You shouldn't keep doing something that isn't working. You should do something differently to achieve a similar result. Well, I think I needed to receive that message a lot sooner than I did because I kept going for almost a year trying this fast thing. I talked to my seminary roommate this past week about fasting and about seminary, about this sermon, and I said, yeah, I was always really cranky when I, had to, when I did my fast, not had to fast, when I chose to fast. And she said to me, yeah, you were cranky. <laughs> We've been out of seminary since 2011. So over a decade later, and my roommate still remembers how irritable I was every week. Probably shouldn't be like that. If your spiritual practice is making you that irritable, 
something needs to shift in the way you're practicing that discipline. I will say, however, that time was important for me personally because fasting from food did change my perspective on a number of things. I was going without food only once a week for just a couple meals, which is nothing compared to people who actually have food insecurity. And yet I did find that my heart was filled with greater compassion toward those who go without and a greater sense of urgency to do something, to make changes, to provide for those in need. It was an important experience for me because I had never had the experience of being food insecure the way so many people do in America and around the world. But having said that, I hope you don't do like I did on this one. Really, if you've tried fasting from food as a spiritual practice and it has made you cranky or it has given you any kind of health issue, stop doing it that way. That's not a good spiritual practice. Do something else. You know what? We can fast in a variety of different ways. God can achieve a similar effect in our hearts with us doing something different. We do typically talk about food when we talk about a spiritual fast, but fasting is not just about the food that we put in our mouths. It can apply to anything that is part of your normal life that you want to temporarily take a break from to create more space for God. So many Christians fast from social media for Lent, for example. This is an easy one. And so maybe you yourself find, your, find that you're spending a lot of time on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or whatever your platform is, Twitter. Maybe it's time to take a break. Maybe for Lent you might fast from something online like that that takes a lot of time and, and energy. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing either. Sometimes we have this idea, well, if I'm going to fast from social media, I'm going to sign off now, and I won't go back to it until Easter morning, or maybe every Sunday, depending on how you view the season of Lent. Those are many Easters, theologically. However, we can practice an intermittent fast. It doesn't have to be, I'm signing off for 40 days. You can say, okay, well, I want to limit my social media use and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to give myself one hour every day between maybe seven and eight. And that's the time that I'm going to check my social media accounts. And other than that time, I'm taking a break so that you're just setting up some healthy boundaries. It can work similarly for any other kind of fast that you choose to take on, not just social media. But something like social media can become distracting. It can become all-consuming. We can invest a lot of time and energy and anxiety into this thing. And sometimes it's good to take an intentional step back and say, I'm going to limit this by choice, not because anyone's forcing me. And maybe there will be a little more space for God to speak and for me to receive God's word. A fast doesn't have to be forever either, 40 days is long enough to give us a new perspective and to kind of reset some of our priorities and our patterns. There's so many different ways that you could take on a fast in addition to food. One example being, what about fasting from plastics? Single-use plastics are a part of our daily lives for almost all of us. And we've got plastic tableware and cups and straws and those bags at the store that you use once to put one item in and then you just toss them away forever. The fact is, single-use plastics are so ubiquitous that if you chose to fast from plastics, you'd probably want to pick one narrow area of plastics to start your fast in. So if you've never used a re reusable grocery bag, for example, you know, those canvas totes that have designs on them, 
Maybe that's a place to start. Take a break from those plastic bags that most stores offer, and you say a prayer. Every time you say no to a plastic bag, you say, thank you, God, for creation, or you say, God created me a clean heart, or whatever prayer it is that you feel that you should say, this can become a spiritual practice. This saying no to something as simple and as uh, prevalent as plastic can become a discipline that can help us grow closer to God. We understand as Christians that we're caretakers for God's earth, so that's certainly an appropriate spiritual practice that we might choose to take on in this Lenten season. The prophet Isaiah talked about fasting as a loosening the yoke of injustice, undoing heavy burdens, letting the oppressed go free. Fasting really is a multi-faceted spiritual discipline. Part of it is about that delayed gratification, saying no to ourselves temporarily to create space for God. We don't do that a lot in our culture. Say no, say not yet, say I'm going to place limits on this thing. Fasting is also about the spiritual connection that we have with God personally. It's about how our actions influence God's world, as the prophet Isaiah alluded to. Fasting is about how we might emerge changed because we took a break intentionally from something that we always do. We're all seeking to be healthier. We're all seeking to be more whole. Perhaps fasting is a piece of the puzzle that can allow us that health that we so desperately want to encounter. Can you imagine, for example, if you fasted for 40 days from negative talk? There's a lot of different directions you could go with the general term negative talk, but as we think about health and wholeness, can you imagine if we all fasted from the practice of gossiping about other people? Can you imagine if we all fasted from the practice of complaining as our first response, or maybe fasting from the practice of talking self-deprecatingly, talking ourselves down, talking badly about ourselves? Can you imagine if we all fasted from these things? Any of these fasts about the way we talk disrupt our normal way of being in the world. Actually, any fast you choose disrupts our normal way of being. So you go to say something and you hold yourself back. You have to say, oh, I'm not going to say that. You go to use a plastic bag, you go, oh, I'm not going to use that. You go to eat a, a piece of chocolate cake or whatever it is, and if that's your fast, you say, no, I'm not going to consume that at this time in this moment. And you have to think about it. You have to pause. It creates a little bit of space for God to interrupt us, to God, for God to surprise us, for the Holy Spirit to work, and for us to be changed. Can you imagine over the next 40 days if we took on a fast from fear? There's a lot of things to be afraid of in our world today. There's a lot of things to be nervous about. Can you imagine if that was our fast, to say, I'm going to lay down fear? for 40 days. I don't truthfully even know how you would fully do that. It's sort of like the plastic fast. You have to pick one narrow area and start with that. Maybe your fast from fear begins by saying, okay, I'm not going to watch the nightly news because they amp things up on the television and they get us all nervous and anxious. Maybe I'm going to get my news from a newspaper or a magazine or something that publishes analysis after the fact so that I'm taken out of the instant loop 
of the news cycle. Or maybe fasting from fear looks like taking on a practice of meditation or yoga or seeing a therapist or simply grounding ourselves in the reading of scripture and in those stories where God fulfills God's promises. Can you imagine what our community and our world would look like if we said for the next couple of weeks, our fast is from fear? I think it would change us significantly. It doesn't matter really what you choose to fast from if God is calling you to that fast. And it'll be different for every single one of us because we're unique individuals. We have a unique relationship with our creator and unique things that we need to work on or that God wants to change in us. We have a unique opportunity before us a few weeks before the celebration of Easter, this special season of Lent in which we intentionally grow in our faith. We seek to be transformed by God. We want God to do something new in us so that we're prepared for whatever comes next. So I want to invite you to consider whether there's something God is calling you to fast from this Lent. Is it talking yourself down? Is it using plastic straws? Is it a fast from staying up too late and being exhausted the next morning? These can be pretty simple, basic things that are part of our normal lives that we just want to step back from for a season to see what God can do and change. The narrower the category, the more you can actually hold yourself to it. And if you tell a couple of important people in your life, maybe they can help you hold yourself accountable. You don't want to go out and tell everybody. That's not the point of this thing. But if you tell just your spouse or a child or a neighbor, maybe they can help support you on the journey. My prayer for us this Lent is that God would lead each of us to something particular that we can fast from. And whether that fast will benefit our own personal prayer life or the life of our family or maybe impact the larger world, that doesn't matter so much as what God is calling us to do and how we will find that things are different because we took on the practice of fasting. So may God guide us in the days ahead. May we be granted wisdom and courage, and may we be prepared for whatever we encounter in the days ahead. May it be so for us. Amen.